Welcome back to Me and the Geek. I'm me, Joel Sharpton. You can find me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. And every week here at meandthegeekpod.com, we bring you a great conversation with a different geek for a peek into their uh, little piece of the geeky world. You see, we believe that everyone is a geek about something, and we want to help you find your geek and then let that geek flag fly. This week's geek is Macy Jones. She's a doctoral candidate and a graduate assistant at LSU in, in the School of Performing Arts and specifically the theater department. She's also a huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons, and that's going to be the topic of our conversation today uh, as we go in-depth with her on her history in the game, uh, what you might be interested to know about it if you've uh, never done any role-playing before, and why you might want to check out these fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco. The fifth edition, the new version of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Stay tuned after the show for different ways you can... uh, feedback to us and let us know topics you'd like to hear about in the future. And otherwise, uh, let's just get to it. This is Me and the Geek. Macy Jones, welcome to Me and the Geek. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, you you and I have, have been messaging back and forth about Dungeons & Dragons actually since before I even conceived of this show. And so as soon as I thought of the show, I said, Macy's the person I want to talk to about this because <laughs> she's, she's you straddles the world. You seem so normal, Macy, if you meet you in person. <laughs> and, and so yeah. I, I, thought, I thought you're just the person to explain to me, first of all, I, you know, I was raised as a, a free will Baptist, which is, is even uh, – if you think of Southern Baptist in your head, free will Baptist is more than that. Whatever you think of Southern Baptist is more than that. Right. Yeah, And I was raised Southern Baptist, so yeah, I understand that exactly. They, so explain to us, Macy, why we're not in danger of, of losing our immortal <laughs> soul by, by talking about this witchcraft. Well, it's um... – oh, that is so, that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, it, it like you said, we we're both raised Southern Baptists, and the, the idea behind that is that even mentioning anything to do with evil um, is will cost you your immortal soul. But D and D is just this; it's no different than reading a fantasy novel out loud. You're no more in danger of losing your immortal soul from playing D and D than you are from reading Lord of the Rings. It seems to me, Macy, the same thing that you hear a lot about, like the Harry Potter books, for instance, which we're going to talk about at some point. You know the the magic described in Dungeons and Dragons is not anything like any actual Wicca or or any potential witchcraft, if you could call it that. It's it's superpowers is what we're talking about. Yeah, and and even um, I have friends in the in the uh, Wicca community. They would take issue even with being compared, <laughs> you know, with uh, with what they do as being evil or or devil worship or anything like that. I I think a lot of the fear that at least I grew up hearing about stems from from two things the story about the kid who ran away from home and I'm totally messing up most of the details but he ran away from home 
And the story got out that he committed suicide because his character in D&D was killed. This was in the early 80s. And it kind of got wrapped up into that 80s and 90s satanic panic. Everybody was afraid there were roving bands of satanic uh, human sacrificers going around. When it, he was just a, a kid in college with emotional problems who ran away and hid out in a storm drain for a week. Like, they found him. And they made a terrible made-for-TV movie about it starring Tom Hanks called, I think, Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> and And so that's why some people think it's that. And then... Jack Chick wrote a, a a track about this girl killing someone because she played D&D. So it's like those are the two main sources of why people think D&D is evil and it's so outdated. Like I there are very few people I know that that actually still think that. You know what I mean? Well, it it, it strikes me as odd though that you know, you you list a couple of the examples and there were a ton of these when you and I were growing up, uh different stories that got rolled into other stories and then expounded upon and and mythologized. Yeah, it's urban and, legend stuff. But they've they've all been refuted one by one. Even, you know, uh, you think back to like the it's the Memphis 6 the, which the West Memphis 3. Yes, the West yeah. West Memphis 3. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that it got all rolled into the same thing and yet time after time these stories end up being false, obviously false, easily provably false, and yet in some people's minds the general idea that there all of these things happened remains, even though the individual cases have all been shown to be nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, my, my husband, Russell, is the one who, who got me into playing D&D. &D, and he's always been a much more uh, straight arrow, I guess, better Christian than I've ever been. <laughs> and he used to teach Sunday school at his Methodist church in Dover. And he would stay up all night the night before he was going to go teach playing Dungeons and Dragons and then go teach Sunday school at Dover United Methodist Church. <laughs> so maybe it's just certain denominations I, I don't know but. so so there you go we fixed the first problem with dungeons and dragons we, problem, know we're, yeah. we know we're not all it is going not to evil at all all right so second problem uh, the other thing that i connect dungeons and dragons with a lot is the 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 cartoon from the 80s do you remember this the saturday morning cartoon yes i have i have really vague memories of it uh i remember loving it like i was a little little kid when it came on but yeah and that was kind of interesting. <laughs> and then I think there has been has one successfully launched and actually like run uh, live action theatrical film. I think there's been two and they're both terrible. And one of them had Jeremy Irons, which was really sad. I'm sure there was a house he wanted to buy and it was probably the exact amount of this check. But it's a it tax was a, bill. Yeah, they're both. I've never seen them. Although we if you've ever you've probably watched How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Uh, my friend, a uh, friend of ours who we play D&D with, he says it's the best Dungeons and Dragons movie ever made because there's the kid listing out the stats of all the dragons. And, <laughs> and if you play D&D. Like, &D, this is yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is a D&D &D movie. So, so yeah, the movies are, are terrible and the cartoon is 80s and cheesy. And So let's yeah. talk about how you, a, a good Southern Baptist girl, get involved in this, in this devilry. How did you, so you said your husband brought him, brought you into it. Was that the first time you played? I think I, I remember spending one New Year's Eve in college playing, not specifically Dungeons and Dragons, but playing like a, a role-playing game type, you know, D20 based system. But yeah, the first time I ever really played and it was after I got married, Russell and I had dated for a very long time. And he used to tell me all about his Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. I'd ask him to 
so I could go to sleep at night because I had really bad insomnia. So I said, yeah, tell me about this. And he would tell, it's like someone telling me a story so I'd go to sleep. But then one day uh, he had a campaign going with two guys when we lived in Arkansas and they needed someone else because it's really hard to play with just two people and the, and the, the dungeon master. So I said, sure. And he, you know, rolled me up a character and that was, I think we've been married for maybe six months. We've been married seven years now <laughs> and I, I just loved it. It was so, it was, it wasn't what I, I thought it was, which was me having to do voices and, you know, I, I'm in theater, you and I know each other from theater, but I do not act. I feel really uncomfortable being in the spotlight and that's not, it's almost like group problem solving and uh, which I, I, and that's kind of what got me into it. So, and I got to play a rogue, which means I got to stab people. Uh, you know, and steal things, which is what I like to do. The the thing, could. the part of the game that appeals to me you know, looking from the outside in and the thing that makes me want to get into it and has made me intrigued about it for the last, uh, I don't know, six months or so since you and I have been discussing it is the fact that it can be sort of all things to all people. Someone like yeah. you can approach it in a very tactical manner, like a problem solving or a, or a puzzle game almost, uh, someone that wants that flair for the theatrical can can be the guy who's putting on the voices and coming up with elaborate backstories and creating the world. It, it, they'd make a great dungeon master, you know. So, like all of those areas can be served by the different ways people can play the game. So let's let's get to that first, though. Tell us, like now, you Russell, you guys are married. You both got uh, jobs or responsibilities and things going on. What is an average play session like for you right now? Well, right now we we're actually playing two different games. Russell's the dungeon master for both of them. We have a game that we play on Tuesday nights with a friend of ours who lives in Arkansas and two friends who live in Denver, and uh, we play over uh, over the internet. There's a, an app called Roll Twenty where we can put the map up there and we can talk and do video chat. So. And we play from eight o'clock at night until about 11. So a three hour stretch in the middle of the week when no one has anything to do anyway, except, you know, if we weren't doing that, we would be watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we can watch that later in the week. And then Saturday nights, we play with um, one of my fellow doctoral students and her husband and the husband of one of my professors. And we play from about five o'clock until nine o'clock on Saturday nights, um, which is uh, when uh, uh, he's off work and um, his wife can watch their kids. But we're still done enough time for him to have an evening with his wife and enough time for Russell and I to go out to dinner or go see a late movie. And we just kind of pick days, times of the, the week when normally no one is doing anything. And then if it's, you know, like last week was Valentine's Day, so we just didn't meet for that game. It's, it's, it's easy to fit into a schedule as long as you're flexible and you have a couple of people who have the same schedule as you, you know? Yeah. And the yeah. cool thing about the internet is, and, and the app, and we're going to have links for that app, by the way, in our show notes for this episode. The cool thing about the modern technology is that you don't have to even have people that fit your schedule and that are interested locally. You, these right. people can be all over the world. Yeah. And I know there are some, uh, like, for example, we were doing a game online with Christina Linza and her husband when they were living in Finland. Yes. One of those countries. I'm sorry, Linza, if you hear this, I forgot. But, um, but yeah, we were playing with them and they were, you know, living uh, across the ocean. 
And so that's one of the great things. You don't have to. It's it's not one of those, those things where you give up six or seven hours in mom's basement, you know. Yes, playing. exactly. Can, yeah. There's a difference when adults play it, I think, than when if you play it if you're a teenager. You, everyone has a busy schedule. And since everyone knows that, it's a lot easier to be flexible with it. So the interesting thing and, and one of the reasons why this is such a relevant topic right now is because you've just had a new edition of this game come out. The fifth edition, right? Yes. Uh, some pe- sometimes people call it 5e. I think the official name for it from Wizards of the Coast is D&D Next, but we, we call it 5e. It's the fifth edition of the game. Okay. So tell us what is the fancy new stuff? What particularly, and I'm assuming, again, from outside looking in, from what I've seen about the company and, and the game in general, the idea has been over time to make this game more approachable, more accessible, and more balanced. I'm I'm not I don't have like encyclopedic knowledge like some sure. people I know do of the rules but I started playing in 3.5 and there would be times when I, I was playing with three people who have been playing Dungeons and Dragons for years and we would have to stop for 30 minutes to discuss the actual rules of of grapple. It was very complicated by the time I came into it and there are all these different books you had to buy and and it was it really wasn't a game that was super friendly to outsiders and they came out with fourth edition which was kind of meant to have it feel a little bit more, people hate it when you say this out loud but a little bit more like a video game like first level you got to do really awesome stuff but it didn't take very long for choice bloat to kind of fall in there were too many things to pick from too many powers and it really bogged the game down fifth edition was meant to streamline that you started out first level with not the same amount of choices it it was it was meant to simplify the rules so that anyone could pick it up and you could play with really pared down rules if you like something a little more complex you have the option to pick more complex rules and kind of to gauge it on a person's the type of play that they like i really liked fourth edition I really did. And so uh, the way I play my character is a little similar to fourth edition. A lot of different choices. I have a lot of different powers that I pick from. I have another friend who who really likes the pared down, almost first level style of play, which was very bare bones. And so that's the type. And it And it balances it in a way that you can have different play styles fit together into the same thing. I really like fifth edition. There are some people who who don't, and they've abandoned Dungeons and Dragons to other companies like Pathfinder. But I I enjoy it because it really does simplify the rules a lot. So if someone, especially if they're listening to this, or if someone in general has been thinking about maybe getting involved in D&D, what what do you need, what does a person need to actually begin playing? What I would suggest, and this is what Russell, my husband, did did with me when I said, okay, I'll, I'll play you need to find someone who kind of understands how the game is played and have them walk you through a very short adventure. Like they, they hand you a character sheet that they filled out. They explain what all the little numbers mean and just run you through it. So you understand the mechanics before you play with a group, Uh, especially if you're someone like me, who's kind of (laughs) shy, that way you don't have to worry about, messing up and everyone waiting while you figure things out. Wizards of the Coast has put out a kind of a beginner's box. It's, it's a red, I kind of the beginning guide to Dungeons and Dragons and has some very basic character sheets. It has an adventure. It's actually meant where if you have 
three or four people, none of them have played. You can pick one person to be the dungeon master, read through the material for a little bit, and then you can start a game right there. I, I, I would prefer having someone who's played a lot to kind of walk me through it. But if you wanted to just start with a bunch of people, you can buy their beginning adventure box, pass out the character sheets, and have it figured out in an, an hour or two. That really makes it seem... I don't know. Like I want to go play tonight and I don't, I, I can't should. play tonight, Macy. I can't, oh. I've got stuff to do. I have children. That's true. You have uh, four children. <laughs> yeah, I have too many children. Here's the deal. I'm just going to wait until they're all old enough and then I'll play D&D uh -huh. with them. That's what I'm going to yeah, do. Exactly. There is a really good article that Will Wheaton wrote about teaching his stepsons to play D&D. Uh, it was in Dungeons and Dragons. You just have a magazine they put out and it was in the magazine and it was really sweet story about teaching his, his stepsons to play D&D &D, that he really enjoyed. Well, I'm going to try to find a link to that and put that in the show notes as well. Uh, so, okay, so we've talked about how somebody can get into this thing. We've talked about the ease of access. Um, what's the best way to find a group if you don't have friends or, or you're scared to ask your friends if they're into this? <laughs> how do you find somebody online? Well, most, um, you can check out Meetup.com will sometimes have uh, D&D groups listed there. A really good way is to find a game shop in your, uh, in your city, like, you know, a place that, that sells Magic the Gathering cards and, and does wargaming, stuff like that. And usually you can go and people, they'll have message boards where you can post and you can find if people are looking for games. And usually that's a really good idea because then you have a nice central location um, to actually play. A lot of gaming stores will allow people to just come in and, and play those different types of games. And that's a really good way. When we first moved to Baton Rouge, we didn't know anyone here. And Russell found a D&D group that way. And then when we, when we moved to Fort Smith, he, we found a D&D group through meetup.com, or he did when we first moved there, that he was able to get a group together with. Do you guys have any other role-playing games that you play on a regular basis? Well, right now, we just do 5th edition D&D. But in the past, uh, we've played a game called Numenera, which was really complex. It was a lot of fun, but it was, it was a little difficult to get into um, and then there's another one called 13th Age that Russell and I were actually part of the playtest for. It's really, really exciting. The thing with Dungeons and Dragons is that you're going to play an adventurer. You are an adventurer. You're, you're like a small part of a very vast world. And you start out at first level and you kind of work your way up to being, you know, a, a, a big deal. 13th Age, you almost play a minor god in the world and everything about you is awesome all the time that's a really fun one and apocalypse world is another one that we've played before that's that's kind of a a modern day style of D D. if you're listening to this and uh the dungeons and dragons information has been old hat for you there's maybe some new stuff to try and we'll have links for those games in the show notes as well Macy, thank you so much for talking to us today. Before I let you go, I want to ask you, have you heard any of the podcasts that play Dungeons & Dragons week to week as an episode? They're, the two that I know of specifically are Total Party Kill from the Incomparable Network, and the one that I've been I've fallen in love with is The Adventure Zone. 
I have actually, I haven't, I, uh, I haven't, I, I know you, I think you told me about total party kill, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. There was a, the guys at wizards of the coast were running a podcast. That was a D and D game with the two guys from penny arcade and another, I forgot his name, but another web comic artist and will Wheaton that I listened to a lot, <laughs> but no, I haven't actually had a chance to, to listen to them mainly because I'm afraid if I do, I'll just get mad that I'm not playing D and D, you know? Yes. <laughs> like I, like, I just want to, it, it's a, such a fun game. Um, there's a couple of board games out there that are like Dungeons and Dragons, like Castle Ravenloft. We own it. I don't want to play it because every time we do, I was like, can't we just get people over here to play Dungeons and Dragons instead? You just so, want the real thing. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it is, it's a lot of fun. That's an awesome way to put a button on it. Thank you so much, <laughs> Macy, for talking to us. No problem. Hey, listen, if there, is there uh, somewhere online you'd like to point people to where they can uh, see more from you or hear more from you? Well, I, I'm on, I'm on Tumblr where I basically reblog a bunch of nerdy stuff, uh, at nerdwinch.tumblr.com. And then I have a blog where I'm blogging about my process of writing my dissertation. That's called Macy's Arc, M-A-C-Y-S-A-R-C.com. Um, so those are my two kind of online presence that I have. Excellent. And uh, we're going to have you back on at some point to talk about that, too. Maybe uh, closer to the date itself to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Oh, if I'm still alive. alive There you go. And thinking. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Macy. Hey, seriously, thank you so much. No problem, Joel. It's good to talk to you. All right. You too, man. All right, where are my 20-sided die now? Uh, that was a great conversation with Macy Jones, a doctoral candidate and graduate assistant at LSU in the School of Performing Arts in the Theater Department uh, and a, a huge D&D fan. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. If you did, make sure you review us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find us. You can also just share it with a friend. That's a great way to do it. Just tell them to check out meandthegeekpod.com. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something else cool, so stay tuned as we bring you a new conversation with a different geek every single week. Until next week, I'm Joel Sharpton at The Rogue's Life on Twitter. You can find us at Me and the Geek on Twitter or Facebook. This week's geek was Macy Jones, and this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four. Me and the Geek is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a ProCreate production. ProCreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows like Pod on Pod, a weekly review of a different podcast to help you find your new favorite show. Josh and Joel are your hosts as they walk through the wide world of podcasting. From comedy to self-help, Josh and Joel listen to it all so you don't have to. Tune into Hair Car's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Hey Car, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to heycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.